This is the Soulpreneur Lifestyle Podcast, your go-to place for creative ideas on how to run your business in a way that lights you up and gives you purpose, all in a way that still allows you to live the lifestyle that you want to live. And I'm your host, Simran Bhatia. And this episode is brought to you by the Flowation.com directory of spiritual-minded healers and professionals. Imagine a resource where you can search for like-minded professionals to help you with everyday life issues, as well as to help guide you along your spiritual journey. We're launching soon, so soulpreneurs of every profession come join the waitlist to learn how you can promote your business, products, or services on the Floation directory at floation.com backslash directory waitlist. That is F-L-O-W-A-T-I-O-N.com backslash directory waitlist. A universe of opportunities awaits you. Today we talk with Kristen Hertz, who is a yoga teacher, about the principles of yogic philosophy and how applying them to her life has really helped her to understand how to have very strong boundaries and how those boundaries can actually help you to just create a life that you really want to live, that you love, because you can say no and you can feel empowered to actually craft your space and your time as you really want. And we discuss a lot about cyclical living and how applying that to her life has made her a lot more productive. With me today is Kristen Hertz, who is a yoga teacher, life coach, and organizing pro. Her mission is to help people create more space in their lives for what truly matters. And Kristen, I'm glad you were able to join us today. Thank you for having me, Simran. I greatly appreciate it. So I want to get into this discussion about yoga because you gave me probably the most interesting definition of advanced yoga that I've ever heard of. Um, you told me it was deriving the most benefit from the simplest action. Can you explain what that means, get more in depth and really kind of expand upon it? Um, absolutely, I would love to. Um, first, I want to give credit from where I got that definition, although I'm not 100% sure where I did. Um, I do remember a teacher named Noah Maze mentioning that to me years ago, and I believe I've heard it from other teachers. Um, and from a yoga asana point of view, it really struck me because you could do some very complex asana and not really receive much benefit physically, spiritually, mentally, um, if you're not in really good alignment spiritually mentally physically emotionally and you could also do something so simple like on all fours 
be in a child's pose and be so um, conscious and so tuned into what you're doing, tuned into your intention, to your breath, to your awareness, that you could have some very um, healing and expansion in your body, in your mind, and in your heart when those things are all in alignment. Um, does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I think that's such a fascinating idea because it really just in tandem works with the idea of flow, which we talk about a lot here, that if you're in that flow, if you're in that alignment, I mean, what you can achieve is amazing. And if you're totally out of it, everything's just a bit of a struggle. Mm. And yep. so when you talk about um, living cyclically, practicing yoga, being organized, um, how does all of that fully relate if you're coming from that mentality that, you know, you could have the most benefit from the simplest thing? It comes from really from getting back to nature. Um, that nature is simple, nature is cyclical, that you don't need fancy showy things to be doing well and to feel good. Um, if you really want those fancy showy things, that's, that's one thing. But that they aren't a necessity. Um, as far as yoga, like I just mentioned, you don't have to be doing the fancy asana. You don't have to be doing really complex meditations. Um, they can be simple and still profound. And then bringing that into life, um, that you could have a very simple life. That some people want a lot of traveling, want um, just a lot in their lives, and that you could have a very simple life and have a lot of beauty in that. And that from an organizational perspective, that you don't necessarily need bins and boxes and filing systems. Um, really, that when you have less, that you can tune into more of what's around you. Um, and really, I like to live my life and help people live in a way that does feel connected to nature and that gets rid of the excess. Um, nature is really good about embracing what's happening in the moment and what is truly needed. Does that answer that? That is really beautiful. So as, it does, yeah. So as you're talking about nature, um, can you explain what living cyclically means to you? Absolutely. And I'll break it down into three ways um, that I pay attention to as far as cyclical living. The first is really simple and it's the four seasons. Um, I know not everyone lives somewhere where the four seasons are as pronounced. I live in rural Northwest Montana. And so we very much have a spring, summer, fall and winter here. Um, but I do know that even I have relatives, say for instance, that live in Hawaii 
And I know they know the subtle differences. When I visit, it seems like, oh, it's mostly always sunny. Sometimes there's a little rain. I'm not as in tune to their seasons, but after living there for 20 years, they certainly are. And so seasons is the number one way I live cyclically. Um, and number two would be by the moon, our beautiful moon in the sky that gives us a perfect cycle as far as our new moon, um, waxing moon when the moon's getting bigger, full moon and waning moon as the moon is getting smaller. And those um, four major phases of the moon all coincide with the seasons. So as the moon is getting bigger, that is like springtime, the moon is full, that is summer, the moon is waning, getting smaller as fall, and then a new moon would be winter. Um, and those all tie into the third way I live cyclically, which is by my menstrual cycle. And there are four phases of the menstrual cycle that um, coincide perfectly with the phases of the moon and the seasons. And so uh, follicular would be in tune with spring and a waxing moon. Ovulation would be in tune with summer and a full moon. Um, luteal is in tune with a waning moon and fall. And then menstruation would be in tune with winter and a new moon. And so these three ways all completely match up. And I found that by really paying attention to them, uh, life is just easier. So when you say that life is easier, can you give some tangible examples of how this really plays into your month or your quarter or however it is that you're applying this for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I do is every day I write my to-do list and I like to have it written uh, in colorful pens on a blank sheet of paper. And I write down on that list um, the day and then I write what phase the moon is in and I write what phase of my uh, cycle I am in as well. And then I really try to make the activities I'm doing for the day um, coincide the best I can with that. Um, and I always pay attention, number one, to my own body, to my own cycle. That's the number one thing. And then the moon second, and then the seasons third. I am in the ovulation phase of my cycle, which is akin to summer and a full moon. I want to have things on my to-do list that feel, um, social, that feel out there, that feel connecting. Just to make it the most simple, think of what you would do in each season. And then so in the waning moon, in the luteal phase of my cycle, I want to do things that you would do in the fall. Um, you want to harvest, you want to tidy up, you want to wrap loose ends up. And so that would be, for instance, just getting little tiny things done. Um, that could be around the house, that could be with business. And so then I can get ready for the winter, the menstruation, um, the new moon part of my cycle. Um, so really my to-do list, best I can, coincides with where I'm at in my cycle and then where the moon is. 
And the seasons are so vast um, that it's pretty easy to coincide with those. Um, I'm trying to think of ex like very exact examples. Uh, I'll give you one for like springtime waxing moon follicular. That's a time of creativity. The springtime is when everything is bursting and budding and um, like it is now where I'm living, everything's bright and blooming. And so that's when I just get super creative, journal a lot, dance, write, and don't worry about how I'm going to follow through on the ideas. And then I'll follow through on those ideas more um, when I am in the luteal, the fall, the waning moon part of my cycle. That's when I'll say, how can I actually put this idea into action? Does that help? It does. So now with, I'm assuming you might have a daily yoga routine or a frequent yoga routine, um, being a teacher. How does that overlay with what you're talking about with cyclical living in your life? Do you have a different routine? Are you using it to keep your body in tune with all of that? A hundred percent. I thank you for asking that question. Um, this has been profound to me because I was a fitness trainer for over 10 years. I don't do that as a profession anymore, but I still love fitness and working out. Um, and I found it so much more, again, more effective from the simplest action when um, we are doing things that are physically and spiritually more aligned with where we are at. So for instance, um, we'll go back again to that springtime, uh, waxy moon, follicular part of the cycle. That would be fun activities. Like I might do some yoga that's really free form, music, dancing, or I might just go to a dance class. And then as I moved more into ovulation, I would do something um, similar to the follicular time, something that was just out there that was social. I might prefer to go to a group class where I can be with other people instead of home alone. Um, and then as I move into the luteal, the waning moon, the fall time, then I would do things that are um, more precise and kind of have that energy of wrapping up. So I might do longer holds in my yoga, um, more focused meditation, like focusing on something singular, um, maybe a Pilates class, a strength training class, something that's really slow and intentional, um, a Hatha yoga class, um, just a slow, steady practice that reminds me that I need to focus and wrap things up. And then during menstruation, um, oftentimes nothing like my yoga then could just be resting or it could be a yoga nidra, which is just a guided Shavasana, um, maybe a really quiet walk, a really slow, gentle walk. Um, and this, I think, in the world, particularly of fitness, but also the way that modern yoga is, um, a lot of times it's just kind of going hard all the time. And I found, especially as a new mom, my adrenals couldn't do that. Like, I could actually, I could work out hard and do fancy showy asana hard when I was in my 20s, um, before I had children. And then with a child... 
it didn't feel good. Like those things weren't actually, I could work hard and I wasn't even deriving benefit from them. Not only was I not deriving benefit, I was making my adrenal fatigue even worse. And so I found that by paying attention to these cycles and seasons um, that our physical workout, our meditation, where we're at emotionally, it's, for me, it's been huge. I can do a lot less and really feel tuned in and receive the benefits that I need. So from an organization standpoint, um, what are the things that maybe are lining up with these seasons and cycles as well as organizing activities that are best suited to each of them? Hmm. Do you mean like um, personal activities, like things that uh, I might be doing in my life? Or do you mean like actual um, like home and office organization? to your business as well that you know if you can address all three that'd be awesome let's see you cut out so i heard business and then what else i said if you can address all three like your personal life your business and then actual just physical organizing your space activities which ones are best suited for you know a certain time or phase or cycle of all of the ones that you're talking about sure um, so I'll go, let's see, we'll start with springtime, um, follicular waxy moon. And I'll say from a personal perspective, um, and this can be a little different for every woman, the more you really tune into your own, particularly your menstrual cycle, you might find that it's a little different for you. So, um, this is what works for me. This is generally where people who are doing this work are syncing up. Um, but I would certainly say pay attention if you wanna do this kind of work because it might be a little different for you. Um, so with that springtime, uh, waxing moon, follicular time, on a personal level, um, again, that I feel really creative and really social and that that's when I try to do things like um, talk to you, which I'm not actually in that phase. So that's another thing. It doesn't always line up and that's just, you just do the best you can and it's still fine. Um, so that's when I try to make more coffee dates, talk to people, um, put myself out there business wise, be it on social media or just even calling and connecting with people. Um, from an actual home organization point, this is when I let things get a little more wild and loose in my house. Um, maybe move furniture around. Things don't have to be quite as tidy. Um, just go, kind of go with the flow and look at how, how things look and feel and play around a little bit. And then from a business, let's see, I answered, kind of answered personal business together, I think. Um, yeah, just that it's a creative, free, and fun time, that you're blooming, that it's like spring. And then um, full moon, uh, ovulation and summertime is really for me pretty similar to springtime. It's all pretty social, creative, pretty fun. Um, so most of the same things I mentioned. And then where I can really personally feel a change is in the luteal, the fall, the waning moon period. And that's when I can feel that I'm drawing away from people. Um, I'm wanting to kind of get my ducks in a row. 
And so personally, that's just what I'm trying to do. That's when maybe I am organizing my business files um, from a business point. I am wrapping up and making sure that I, people that I reached out to when I was feeling really fun and creative, that I am following up with them. That if there's anything, any next moves we need to make, that I'm really solid, um, that I'm being reliable in that stage. Um, from a, let's see, I answered personal business. What was the other one? Just the home organizing or office organizing, like your physical space. Okay. Um, they all kind of flow in together, to tell you the truth, which is actually really cool and makes it, I've been following these cycles and living this way for about two years. And it all, all aspects of my life kind of flow in together. Um, as far as, you know, physical movement, business, personal life, um, even dating and being with my husband. I mean, I'm married, but I, I consider being with him dating. Um, so again, in those fun, creative times I mentioned earlier, that's when I might want to go on a date with him, connect with him, do something fun. And during this luteal fall waning time is when I even pull away from him a little. And I want to be a little more personally focused. Um, and so everything just becomes a little more, how can I simplify, how can I, this is when I get rid of things. This is the stage where I start bringing things to the thrift store. Um, what do I no longer need? What do I no longer want? I even start thinking about things in my life like that. Maybe there's some projects I'm focusing on that can, I can cut or set to the side. Um, and then as I move into that menstruation, winter, uh, new moon phase, then I can rest more. And if I haven't done all the really, really important cutting out and organizing things of the luteal phase, then menstruation is hard. Um, then that new moon time is hard because it's hard to rest if you haven't tidied up those loose ends because you're trying to rest and you're thinking in your mind, you need to get back to so-and-so, you've got to take care of this. Um, and for many women, uh, definitely for me, my luteal phase is the longest phase of my cycle. And so I actually get that generosity of cyclical living that I get more time to tidy up loose ends because that takes a lot of flipping time. Um, and so I try to focus as much as I can during menstruation on rest. And again, not always possible, but even if it's walking slower, talking slower, Definitely trying to take a little bit of time away from my four and a half year old because I just do not have the same kind of patience um, for a four and a half year old when I'm in that stage. And I look at that in advance every month and I try to set that up the best I can. Maybe she can have an overnight with my mom. Maybe my husband can take her somewhere. Um, just doing the best to really kind of be in my little shell and be with myself and in tune and in touch with my intuition and doing some reading, journaling, meditating. So then when it comes all back full circle, and I'm at that springtime follicular waxy moon stage, that I'm ready to be creative again, because I've had that, um, that rest, that wintertime rest. Sticks of stuff, so I'm gonna ask this question. You mentioned two things that I found really interesting, that during your luteal phase, you want to sometimes even draw away from your husband. And then during menstruation, you're wanting to draw away from, you're, 
your daughter as well. Um, how do you communicate this though <laughs> to your husband and your daughter? Like what's maybe the verbiage you're using or what's the energy you're putting behind it where it doesn't become a thing that's offensive. It's just like, hey, I have this need to care for myself in this particular way. Can you share some tips? Because I just hear everybody in the back of my head being like, yeah, that's great. I could try to say that, but it wouldn't work. Yep. Um, very real of you. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I am particularly fortunate. I have, well, depending how you look at it, my husband is quite blunt and forward. Um, he's really goofy and fun and has a big heart. And I don't even think he, he's not intentionally blunt and forward. It's just the way he lives his life. And he really brings that out in me. Um, I was not raised with that. My mom is so wonderful and kind and sweet. And she's also kind of trying to tiptoe around other people's feelings, make sure everything's okay for everyone. Um, kind of being in charge of other people's feelings, which I know a lot of women have been raised that way. And I've done a lot of work around um, not being in charge of other people's feelings, still being kind, being um, sensitive, tuned into other people's feelings, but really knowing that the best way I can connect with someone is by being honest with my own feelings. And that that actually um, builds more trust when I'm honest with my feelings. So if I tell my husband, I really need some time alone and I don't want to be around you a whole lot for the next few days. Um, over the bigger picture, that for us has created a lot of trust. And trust in the way that he can trust that I'm not going to be hanging out with him, pretending that I want to, and then maybe all of a sudden uh, get angry, blow my fuse because I don't actually want to be with him. And as for my daughter, um, we've taught her from a really, really young age, all three of us in our family say this a lot, uh, I need some space. Please give me some space. Uh, that word has been, that phrase has been huge in our family life. And I can't say that people may, they may take it a little personally at first. Um, it's just practice. And if you've been in charge of other people's feelings and you're trying to be super kind and obligated your whole life, it's not going to be easy. And sometimes I've certainly done it where I thought, wow, that was kind of mean. I, I did that in a way that was not considerate and kind. And so that is for me, the pendulum of finding that center is that sometimes I'm too nice and too accommodating and sometimes I'm kind of mean and I'm trying to find the center. And that really it's just a matter of practicing could tell your spouse, you could tell your children, um, I'm practicing saying what's true for me. And let's all practice saying what's true for us. And just do even some role playing with it and see how everyone feels. Um, it, it's not an easy transition, but absolutely my life is way easier that I'm more upfront and more in charge of my own feelings than I ever have been. And I think it's easier for everyone around me too. I, that's the feedback I get. And that's certainly my intention and my hope. 
I would imagine, I mean, that that also has a lot to do with boundaries. Yes. And <laughs> adhering to your own boundaries for yourself, setting them with others. Um, but, and I definitely want to get into that discussion about boundaries, but just as a kind of a practical tip, let's say someone who were to wind down a little bit um, and their family's not receptive to it. Do you have any tips for them? Do they need to like physically take themselves out of the space and go away somewhere for a while? Like, what can you recommend for them to help communicate that boundary and come to terms with how to express it? In the bigger picture, um, I would recommend tuning in to all these cycles and seasons and having them, there are lots of apps. My favorite app for tracking my menstrual cycle is called MyFlow, um, F-L-O. Um, there's lots of moon cycle apps. So in the bigger picture and the preventative long-term, planning those out. And so then you'll know, you can say, hey, this is gonna be coming up. Um, I'd like some time alone in the house. Or if you can't get that, I know many moms with small children can't. Um, yeah, physically removing yourself from the house. So having, that's where a lot of this wisdom comes in is that you can plan for it. And if you are not there yet, um, and you're right in your luteal phase or menstrual phase and your family's driving you insane or whoever's driving you insane, uh, doing your best to even, if you can step out and take like a 15 minute walk. Um, so yeah, I think absolutely if you need to wind down and people aren't respecting that, one, they don't know any better. If this isn't something you've told them, they just don't know. Um, so getting your whole family on this kind of cyclical um, way of living and being patient with it and that it takes time. And two, just step out and take some space. Even if you can just take one minute and stand outside or uh, put your head by a window and take a few deep breaths to take it and to let everyone around you know that you're taking it. So it becomes a real conscious, um, a conscious effort and something that is a part of your relationships. It's a wonderful tip of just, you know, really doing it in a way that you're demonstrating it about boundaries from the perspective of just, you know, being cyclical, understanding that boundaries are part and parcel of being able to really live cyclically. Can you speak more to just the need for them, how you implement them in your own life? how you articulate them to others and what topics that you have to end up talking about them around. Um, absolutely. And remind me if I don't hit, you had a couple different questions. So remind me if I don't hit some of them. Um, first thing I wanted to say is that uh, nature has boundaries. Nature has a lot of boundaries. Like nature has this boundary that in the winter time, um, she doesn't have new buds on the trees 
and that in the summertime, um, depending where you live, but more or less in the summertime, it's not snowing. Uh, that the bears have their boundaries, that they are in their caves in the winter. Um, and with the seasons and with nature, there are very, very few, um, these boundaries just hold. And so I take a lot of my inspiration again from nature on the boundaries. And I think one of your questions was where have I, maybe where have I learned or tips on, tips on boundaries and actually learning them and putting them in your life. Um, one of my favorite boundary exercises ever is from a woman named Betty Martin and it's called the three minute game. She's got a great website, great resources and it is where you spend three minutes in four different quadrants of giving, receiving, taking, and allowing. You actually spend three minutes in your body in relationship with another person. And so you're truly working on these boundaries in your physical, actual body. And I find that makes these boundaries a lot easier in your mind. Um, so Betty Martin, the three minute game, that is, it's wonderful boundary work. In fact, I recently taught a workshop on boundaries in yoga and we all practice the three minute game in there with each other. Um, and one thing I find I need to articulate boundaries on the most is alone time. I need a lot of alone time. I lived alone for over 10 years before I had um, a child and before I was married. And so I have, big boundaries on my alone time and um, setting myself up for it and then also uh, maintaining the boundaries around it. And was there anything else I missed, Simran? So, well, no, exactly. I'm gonna kind of move on to a follow-up question here. Now, imagine you're someone who doesn't have a lot of boundaries. You're just getting to the game of setting it up, like you said. Um, how do you really establish this, that this is like your new norm with someone who is very used to a dynamic in which you didn't have any boundaries? Can you speak to that? That How important is it to just have them from the very beginning in any kind of interaction or are there easy tips for bringing boundaries in later after the fact? I don't think boundaries are super easy for a lot of people and I think they're just a practice and it, it's um, great to give yourself a lot of compassion like any practice and remember that it's a lifelong practice. And that if it's not easy, if you set a boundary and don't maintain it, that that's okay. I think that's where a huge amount of um, self-compassion and living and practicing boundaries comes in. Obviously, it's going to feel good to establish them right from the get-go. But if you don't, it's never too late. And again, Betty Martin, the three-minute game, awesome, awesome. Best resource I've ever personally come across for boundaries. Um, and it's just, it's a lifelong practice. That's it. As, as much as I have done this work for a lot of years, I still slip up on my boundaries and I still just 
love myself and continue trying to set them. This is not easy work. A lot of this self-awareness, growth, yoga, coaching, all of these things. I don't think there's quick fixes. I think it's a practice and I think it's beautiful to be able to do these practices in community um, so that we all know we're, we're working and practicing together. I love that you said that, that piece about compassion towards yourself as you're trying to grow. So now we're going to get ready for our live coaching segment. And before we wrap up, though, I have two last questions I want to ask you. First, my favorite question, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> um, it depends. I like ice cream. I love sugar. Uh, I like mint chocolate chip. I live in Montana and we have huckleberry ice cream here that's actually made from huckleberries that grow here. Uh, I like strawberry, I like chocolate. I like vanilla, I just like ice cream. Like I'm gonna eat most any ice cream you put in front of me. I'm kind of the same, so I, I totally appreciate that. And now if someone's looking for you online, where can they find you? Um, I just finished my website this morning. I've been working on it for two years and not to say like I took nine months off and didn't work on it at all. And I've had a lot of wonderful people helping me with it. So people can find me at, um, kristenhertz.com and that's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-H-E-R-T-Z. And since it's just finished this morning, uh, let me know if you see any issues with the links or anything. I'll gladly welcome any feedback, but um, please find me there. Great. So we will definitely include that in the show notes and also try to find the boundaries by Betty Martin in case anybody is willing to do that exercise. And thank you so much, Kristen, for joining us today. Thank you, Simran. I greatly appreciate it. And I um, also have a really easy one-page free guide to these cycles and how the moon, the menstrual cycle, and the seasons all relate to each other. I have that for free on my website, um, along with some other things as well. I want to say a big thank you for listening in. Without your support, there wouldn't be a podcast. If you've gained insight or inspiration from this podcast, please subscribe for regular updates and please share this podcast with someone you know who will benefit. Do you have a story to share about your own soulpreneur lifestyle that you set up? Have a life or business problem you'd love a system for or want to be an anonymous caller for one of our live segments? Then go to your Anchor app or the Anchor website, find this show, and click on Message and record your story or question. You can also find the show notes on our website at flowation.com backslash T-S-L-P. That's F-L-O-W-A-T-I-O-N dot com backslash T-S-L-P. And subscribe to the T-S-L-P Insider to get a look behind the scenes of what it takes to bring this podcast to life. And 
get some exclusive offers that are only available to our email subscribers. Also, don't forget to follow at Flowation on Instagram to get updates about this podcast. Mm-hmm.